Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is May 19th, 2022, and our first story, the U.S. has ordered millions of monkeypox and smallpox vaccines amid a global monkeypox outbreak. Experts say it is rare to remain calm and it may not be that bad. But the fact that they ordered millions of vaccines is kind of worrying. So let's uh, pay attention to this one. In our next story, Joe Biden has activated the Defense Production Act to help alleviate the baby formula crisis as gas prices skyrocket. And we anticipate potentially 10 bucks a gallon in some areas. In our next story, Josh Hawley destroys the Secretary of Energy for claiming Vladimir Putin is the cause of rising gas prices. He goes on to list all the reasons that Joe Biden has caused the spike in gas prices and that gas may soon average $6 per gallon. If you like the show, give us a good review. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. After everything we went through with the COVID outbreak, forgive me if I'm a little bit skeptical or questioning of the latest breaking news on monkeypox and the World Health Organization Treaty. From PrecisionVaccinations.com, your premier destination for vaccination news certified by NewsGuard as credible. 13 million freeze-dried monkeypox smallpox vaccines ordered. My friends, have you seen the news about the potential monkeypox case in Massachusetts? What about the news of 23 suspected cases in Spain? I believe it's 23. What about the 17 potential cases in Montreal? Could we be facing the emergence of a monkeypox outbreak? I certainly hope not. Apparently, it's possible to contract monkeypox through airborne respiration, through consuming bodily fluids of another person. I know that sounds like it's not something you're likely to do, but it could be that somebody coughs or spits and then you ingest something and boom, y'all got monkeypox. Now, what is the treatment, or I should say the prevention method for monkeypox? Why? It's the smallpox vaccine. There's a lot of interesting questions that are emerging about this. Apparently, let me just, I, I, I don't want to bear the lead here. The Genios vaccine was approved by the US FDA in 2019. So the vaccine they're ordering now, breaking news as of yesterday, was approved only a few years ago, and now we're seeing monkeypox cases? That's kind of crazy to me. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. I have no evidence of any malfeasance. I just think considering what happened with the lockdowns, 
Consider what happened with those Democratic governors straight up killing all those old people. You're going to have a lot of people who do not trust what is going on. And while this outbreak is occurring, there is a World Health Organization treaty in which many conservatives are concerned, mostly conservatives. I'd say anybody who actually followed the news would be concerned that this would create some kind of international control over the U.S. government and its response to future pandemics. Now, I don't think that's all bad, actually. We have a fact check over at TimCast.com from Brett McDonald saying it's not as crazy as people think. By all means, criticize the World Health Organization treaty. Mostly, the treaty will not give any enforcement powers to the World Health Organization. But I think it's important to point out that it could result in international issues for the United States if they don't adhere to international agreements. That is to say, while the World Health Organization may not be able to directly enforce anything in this country, you may see a bunch of countries being like, if you don't play ball with us, we cut you out. No more trade deals, no more oil, no food, no imports, no exports. Maybe that's the play. The U.S. has not been particularly good at manufacturing things as of late. So if you want to entertain this treaty from the World Health Organization, hey, man, I got no issue, right? So long as the U.S. takes care of itself, secures its borders, starts producing more energy, starts manufacturing back at home. But if that's not happening, then this World Health Organization treaty could actually be an issue. But let's take a look at what's happening with a bunch of different news stories. One, we've got the vaccine being ordered. Interestingly, this vaccine was ordered right around the time news is breaking about a monkeypox case, potentially in Massachusetts. We'll talk about what monkeypox is. It's basically smallpox. Yikes, man. And then we got a story about Bill Gates, because the conspiracy theory now is that Bill Gates has done it. Okay, dude. I'm not a big proponent of any of that stuff. I think Bill Gates is a bad guy. I think he's dumb. I don't think he's like, what I mean by dumb is, I think he's, I think he's dastardly, right? He's got bad opinions and he has bad morals. That's what I really mean to say. I think he's a smart guy who's been able to run a successful business. You'd be stupid to think the guy was not smart. But I, when I say dumb, what I mean to say is I'm just being derogatory. I mean, I think the guy doesn't understand what his plan will, will bring about, what he hath wrought on this world. When he talks about reducing population, when he talks about misinformation and things like that, I think Elon Musk is actually more on point in his positions. We need more people. We need more development. We need more science. We need more free speech. Let's go through all the news, though. It is true that Bill Gates warned of of weaponized smallpox attacks. Now monkeypox, a very similar uh, disease, which uses the same vaccine. Hmm. We have the story from Precision Vaccines, vaccination, sorry. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast, Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. We're going to have one of those shows tonight, uncensored, not very family friendly. But as a member, you're supporting our journalists. We are trying really hard to hire journalists every single day. But it's really hard. It really, really is because there's so few of them that do a good job. And there's so few that are actually looking for jobs. But we've got we've got a bunch of people we're planning on bringing on. And it's all thanks to you as members. We're able to bring on good journalists and make sure we're getting you the facts Nothing but the facts. No, that's not true. We have great opinion columnists as well as commentary. Also, you're supporting our infrastructure, which we use Rumble. So when you support TimCast.com, you are directly contributing to alternative ecosystems in technology that make us more resilient against censorship. So smash that like button right now. Subscribe to this channel and share this video everywhere you can. Grassroots marketing is the most effective thing you can do. Here's the story from Precision Vaccinations. First, 
13 million freeze-dried monkeypox smallpox vaccines ordered. Denmark-based Bavarian Nordic AS announced today that the U.S. Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, BARDA, exercised the first options under an existing contract to supply a freeze-dried version of the Genios smallpox vaccine. Yo, what? The first doses of this vaccine version will be manufactured and invoiced in 2023 and 2024. Okay, full stop. Get out of cities. That's the only thing I can say. I'm so glad I'm in the middle of nowhere. Everybody can stay out of my house. I'm locking the door. No, I'm kidding. Um, They'll probably come and weld our doors shut once we get taken over by communist Senate. No, no, no. I'm kidding again. I'm kidding again. We can't be scared. We have to be cautious. You know, I've been washing my hands. I took COVID seriously enough. I think we went over the top with a lot of these policies and it was really bad for us in the long run. It, it damaged our supply chain. But right now, as we're talking about gas shortages, gas prices, food shortages, and this is happening. I, I, I hope you are all paying attention to all of these things that are happening. It does not mean the world is ending. It just means do not be surprised if you can't get food anymore at some point. I'm not saying you won't be able to. I'm just saying don't be surprised by it. They say, if exercised, additional options on the BARDA contract support the conversion of up to a total of approximately 13 million freeze-dried doses of Genio smallpox vaccine that are expected to be manufactured in 2024 and 2025. The majority of the bulk vaccine for these doses have already been manufactured. They've already been manufactured. They already made the vaccine. Okay. No, serious question. Smallpox has not been a concern for some time. Why did they already manufacture the bulk of a 13 million vaccine order? Okay. I don't know. I don't have any answers. A supplement to the existing liquid frozen Genios US FDA BLA will be made comprising phase three clinical study data, which has already been completed and reported together with the manufacturing data to support the approval of the freeze-dried version of Genios in 2024. Paul Chaplin, president and CEO of Bavarian Nordic, commented in today's press release, We are pleased to announce the exercise of the first options under our contract with the U.S. government to deliver a freeze-dried version of the smallpox vaccine with an improved shelf life, which will be manufactured at our new fill and finish facility. This marks a significant milestone in our longstanding partnership with the U.S. government to ensure availability of life-saving vaccines for the entire population. Genios is based on a live attenuated vaccinia virus, modified vaccinia and cara, MVABN, incapable of replicating in the human body, yet able to elicit a potent immune response. To protect people from monkeypox, the Genios vaccine was approved by the U.S. FDA in 2019. Genios, or Imvenex, was approved by the European Medicines Agency in 2013 and is indicated for preventing smallpox and monkeypox disease in adults. Additional monkeypox outbreaks news is posted at Vax Before Travel. I always say whenever it comes to stuff like this, talk to your doctor. Don't take advice from, from internet commentators, that's for sure. But I also want to mention this is very, very different from COVID. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online. 
up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. vaccines, which are mRNA. This is attenuated vaccinia virus. My understanding, it's more of a traditional vaccine, meaning you get a weakened virus in your system, and then your body targets it, destroys it, and boom, you got immunity. And if you actually get the non-attenuated virus, your body knows how to attack and destroy it, which is all around a good thing. Plus, this was FDA approved in 2019. So this is not a rush. This is not experimental or whatever people are saying about other vaccines. Take it all into consideration. Talk to your doctor about what's right for you. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. As monkeypox cases emerge in U.S. and Europe, Bavaria Nordic Inc.'s vaccine order. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You may be saying, but Tim, you already told us that we ordered vaccines. No, 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 no. Bavaria Nordic has secured a contract with an unnamed European country to supply its smallpox vaccine called Imvenex in Europe. Imvenex. In response to the emergence of monkeypox cases, the Danish company said Thursday. Yo, the U.S. and an unnamed country in Europe have ordered millions of smallpox vaccines. Maybe they know something I don't. I have no idea. But let's talk about what monkeypox is first and foremost. I will highlight in the Wikipedia entry for monkeypox. I don't want to actually I'm going to avoid showing actual monkeypox because I don't think people would appreciate that. It's like causes blisters, bumps, and nasty stuff. Yeah, okay. The prevention right here is smallpox vaccine. Medication is Cetafavir, a brand named Vistadia, is an injectable antiviral medication primarily used as a treatment for cytomegalovirus, retinitis in people with AIDS. Okay, crazy stuff. Monkeypox virus. All right. The monkeypox virus causes the disease in both humans and animals. It was first identified by Preben von Magnus in 1958 as a pathogen of crab-eating macaque monkeys being used as laboratory animals when two outbreaks of a smallpox-like disease occurred in colonies of monkeys. So it's not that monkeys caused it or anything like that. It was just in the lab monkeys. They say humans can be infected by an animal via a bite or by direct contact with an infected animal's bodily fluids. The virus can also spread from human to human by respiratory airborne contact or by contact with an infected person's bodily fluids. Risk factors for transmission include sharing a bed or room, using the same utensils as as an infected person, and increased transmission risk is associated with factors involving the introduction of virus to the oral mucosa. The incubation period is 10 to 14 days. Prodromal symptoms include swelling of lymph nodes, muscle pain, headache, and fever prior to the emergence of rash. The rash is usually only present on the trunk, but may spread to the palms and soles of the feet in a centrifugal distribution. The initial macular lesions exhibit a papular, then vesicular, and pustular appearance. Vaccination against smallpox is assumed to provide protections against human monkeypox infection because they are closely related viruses and the vaccine protects animals from experimental lethal monkeypox challenges. This has not been conclusively demonstrated in humans because routine smallpox vaccination was discontinued following the eradication of smallpox. So let me just say 
that they ordered in 2019. They improved the smallpox vaccine and ordered this. When we eradicated smallpox, I just, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I, I, I find it to be strange. I really do. Cause it's like, there's no smallpox anymore. Okay. Let's invest millions of dollars in making smallpox vaccine. Why? Well, Bill Gates did warn us about this. No joke. I think, I think it's funny that everybody's going to point the finger at Bill Gates and be like, this proves malfeasance or nefarious a- actions when he ma- actually may have say, like helped you. Not that I like the guy or trust him. Bill Gates warns of smallpox terror attacks as he seeks research funds. Bill Gates warned that bioterror could be bigger, a bigger threat than naturally occurring epidemics. Let's entertain from a point of ignorance what this could be. Now, we don't know what Bill Gates is doing, but he is somebody who's talked about reducing population. There's too many people, he says. All right. Now, I don't I don't know what he's doing behind the scenes, but he says he's warning of he's warned in November of smallpox terror attacks. Let's just say uh, he was right. What if Bill Gates is just a smart fella? And he was like, I really think there's going to be a smallpox outbreak at some point because of terror. And then we were all like, haha, you're so dumb, Bill Gates. And now we have monkeypox. And he's like, it's a good thing. I thought this. He may have just gotten his prediction right. Now, I really think, I, I'm sorry, guys, I got to say, a lot of people want to go the conspiracy theory route. As much as I think this guy's got really bad ideas, and uh, he's kind of a just all-around all bad person, as I often say, Occam's razor, okay? Two things. Never never uh, assume malice for which, uh, when it could be, in, uh, oh, man, I just ruined Hanlon's razor. Uh, never attribute to malice that which could be explained by incompetence. So in this instance, we don't know that Bill Gates is, you know, malicious in any of this stuff. He might just be bad at what he does and he has bad ideas. What if he's just right about smallpox? I believe it is more likely that Bill Gates is just right about smallpox than he's secretly working behind the scenes to actually infect people. Not saying I trust the guy. In reality, I don't know what he's doing behind the scenes. But there is a question of this. And now I'm going to trigger all of the blue checky fact checkers. When someone buys an insurance policy against fire on their home, and then there's never been a fire there, and then shortly after the home starts on fire, we don't always just accuse them of starting the fire, but we do investigate. I think that's the funny thing. You know, people might come out and be like, Bill Gates was just right about this. Okay, maybe. I I think that's the more likely outcome. But as I stated, if someone comes out and says, I think we need an insurance policy against smallpox, you go, uh, okay, I guess. I mean, we eradicated smallpox. And then a couple of years later, there's monkeypox. I just be like, hey, wait a minute. Hold on there a minute. Let's, let's take a look at what, what's going on in these labs. But I don't know for sure. And that's the big challenge. Everyone's going to tell you you're a conspiracy theorist or, or whatever. It's like, well, you know, we should investigate the origins of monkeypox and do it legitimately. Because, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. From CNN. Oh, you got to love CNN. CDC in Massachusetts health officials investigating monkeypox case. Okay. They say the case of monkeypox was confirmed in a man in Massachusetts who had recently traveled to Canada. State health officials announced earlier in the day. The patient is hospitalized in stable condition at Massachusetts General Hospital. But Dr. Paul Bittinger, the chief preparedness and continuity officer at Mass General Brigham, said during a news briefing, The patient has been in an airborne infection isolation room since last Thursday. The patient fortunately is doing quite well now, although did have symptoms that require hospitalization. 
Bittinger said they are not sure how the patient was infected, but emphasized that historically, this has been a very rare disease with very rare transmission around the world. What we have seen in the UK, in Spain and Europe has been novel, and that gives us cause for concern. But I think appropriately, people should not be afraid of monkeypox right now. He said the current patient is of no public health risk, adding people should be aware of symptoms, but not be afraid. Excellent point. I completely agree with that. Look, it could spread. Maybe they're getting small packs vac- vaccines. It, it could be it could be independent of any anything like this. And this guy's in the hospital. But pay attention. Seriously, it's been novel before. But uh, my friends, yo, something's going on. You know, let's just put it that way. From globalnews.ca. Strong possibility of 17 monkeypox cases in Montreal area, health officials say. May 19th. I'm sure glad to be in rural West Virginia right now, but we do have a lot of guests who come in and out. So we'll we'll spritz everybody with some disinfectant, make them wear masks from now on. I'm kidding. But you see where this goes. People are now going to say, just wear the mask. We don't want monkeypox. It's so much worse than, say, uh, COVID. I wonder if we can pull up the, I, I didn't pull this up earlier, but I'm curious about the mortality rate. Epidemiology says monkeypox as a disease in humans was first detected as an Ill- illness, uh, formerly Zaire, Congo, blah, 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 uh, yada, 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 whose surveillance between 81 and 86 recorded 338 confirmed cases and 33 deaths. Case fatality rate 9.8%. A second outbreak of human illness was identified in DC, uh, DRC Zaire, 96-97. And what did they say? Uh, bah, 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 bah. The Congo Basin clade of disease remains ep- uh, endemic in DRC and has a high case fatality rate. They say, the other genetic clade of MPXV occurs in Western Africa. The case fatality rate is less than 1%. No human-to-human transmission was documented until the 2022 monkeypox outbreak in Europe. The WA clade had an outbreak, first outbreak of monkeypox outside of Africa, blah, blah, blah. So it looks like we've seen less than 1% to upwards of 9.8%. And what we're seeing now, the 2022 monkeypox outbreak is novel and scary. And Wikipedia now has an entry for it with 33 confirmed cases as of April 29th, 2022. My friends, gas shortage, food shortage, international war, inflation, Rising prices, hyperinflation, blah, 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 and monkeypox. It's amazing, isn't it? I hope y'all are paying attention. I can say it a million times. I don't know what will be the wake-up call. Take a look at this. Wikipedia. Human monkeypox is a viral infection caused by the monkeypox virus, a relative, uh, a relative of now eradicated smallpox. Generally presents with similar symptoms to smallpox, although usually milder. However, the case fatality rate for monkeypox may still be as high as 10%. All of our principles may be tested, my friends. They say monkeypox is endemic to West and Central Africa. Africa. Prior to the 2022 outbreak, the UK had only recorded seven previous cases, all of which were imported from Africa. The first three cases were in 2018, followed by a further case in 2019. This may explain why we ordered the vaccines. We saw the cases and said, how do we deal with this? Let's order vaccines. The only major monkeypox outbreak to be recorded in a Western country prior to 2022 was the 0-3 outbreak in the United States. However, it did not feature community transmission. Monkeypox is spread primarily through close contact with infectious individuals. Prior to the the 2022 outbreak was not considered to be sexually transmitted. 
However, the rapid spread of the virus between partners in its initial stages of the outbreak has prompted discussion that intercourse may be a further route of transmission. Okay, man, check this out. In the UK, nine confirmed cases. In Spain, seven confirmed cases, 22 suspected cases. In Portugal, 14 confirmed. The US, one confirmed. Sweden, one confirmed. Italy, one confirmed. In Canada, 13 confirmed. And this is, this is as of May 18th. The latest is 17 potential cases. So we've got new, new information. Take a look at this one. Four new cases of monkeypox reported in the UK. They say in May 18th, Portugal investigating 20 further cases the same day Spain with eight suspected cases. The numbers are going up. Now, this was eight cases in men who enjoy the company of men, to put it in a family friendly way. The Guardian reports Spain, 23 people are now showing symptoms. I remember beginning of the year 2020, when we got reports about COVID and we reported on it early, we said something strange is going on in in China. Now we're seeing reports in multiple countries. What are we going to do about this? And let me ask you this question. Comment below, comment, comment wherever you can. What if we, 15 days to slow the spread, we can't do it. We've already got baby formula shortages. We can't do it. The crazy thing right now is that our overreaction to COVID may be our doom. Think about it. If monkeypox really is already beyond our control, if the incubation period is 10 to 14 days, similar to COVID, and they've isolated these cases, certainly these people have already had contact with others. Certainly many more people may currently be infected, may currently be spreading the virus. And if you came out now and said, let's take 15 days to slow the spread, everyone would say, bite me. Not going to happen. Okay, but hold on. Monkeypox is very, very different from COVID. I mean, dude, if monkeypox is really spreading. When we were talking on IRL about um, lockdowns, I was talking, uh, Ian brought up that uh, we might need the lockdowns and it's not authoritarian. And I said, you know, COVID, it is, I don't believe warrants these hard lockdowns. Is what if it was Ebola? What if there was an airborne Ebola? Would you then call for these lockdowns? And I said, to be fair, I think the degree to which we are scared of the virus results in how many people are willing to support the lockdowns. With COVID, you had mostly elderly people and people concerned for the elderly saying, shut her down. You had young people being like, no, because we weren't scared. If it was airborne Ebola, we'd all be very scared. We'd probably all be like, lock it down. If it's airborne monkeypox rapidly spreading, we're all going to be like, shut it down except for the fact that we've already destroyed our ability to do so. In which case, I'm saying the COVID lockdowns may be our doom. Why? By shutting down for COVID, and now even Bill Gates is coming up being like, it's not as bad as we thought. Okay, Bill. We crippled our economy. We destroyed the supply chain. And now we have no reserves left. We, th that freight train, the figurative freight train of the economy was just stopped and the whole thing flap, flips up in the air. Now, facing a real a serious crisis if monkeypox is spreading with, with a potential 10% mortality rate. We're talking about nearly a billion deaths globally if this really did spread. I'm not saying it will. We can't shut down now because we don't got any food or gas left. Which means 
If we shut down to avert a long fall from the spread of monkeypox with a 10% mortality rate, worst case scenario, we're going to face what kind of mortality from not having food, water, or fuel? Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Yep. The overreaction to COVID has put us in serious harm. Hey, I take responsibility on some of that stuff. I'm not a genius. I'm not a prophet. I try to do my due diligence, but I don't get everything right. I, I, I respect people who get things wrong when they did their due diligence to try and understand. Because we don't have to be right. But I respect the, the, the research. If monkeypox does spread, we've screwed ourselves. When COVID was spreading, I, I thought it, the, the, the mortality rate was going to be really high. I was like, hey, maybe we take a couple weeks. And then they turned a couple weeks into months, into years. How will we handle another outbreak like this? This is crazy. 23 potential cases. I hope this is a one-off, but already, I got to say, it's not looking good. The government ordering all of these uh, uh, vaccines, look, they don't want to panic. So they're not going to come out and say, we're worried about this. They're going to come out and be like, nah, don't worry about it. Come on, guys, keep, get, keep working, keep doing your thing. But I don't know if we, if we could actually handle it because of what we did with COVID. Rare and unusual monkeypox cases are causing a global concern. We got this from USA Today. We have monkeypox. Oh, I love this one, my friends. Monkeypox's spread boosts shares of vaccine manufacturer. Well, I know people who invested in, um, you know, some of these big vaccine companies, pharmaceuticals, and boy, did they get rich because those uh, non, no bid, non -liab no liability contracts are money in a bank. Just saying, not giving financial advice. I love it. Fact check. Did Bill Gates predict the monkeypox outbreak? I'm just going to jump down to their determination. What does Newsweek say? What's your what's your ruling? Mostly false. Well, Bill Gates has spoken previously about the potential threat of smallpox bioterror. The way his comments have been shared has led to a misleading idea that he predicted this outbreak. He has not spoken about the spread of monkeypox specifically. As it stands, only a very small number of monkeypox cases have been reported globally. The risk of catching it, public health officials say, is very small. That's not confidence building. Bill Gates still did warn about this. Good for him, I guess. But what could the response be? Let's pull up a commentary piece from Brett McDonald over at TimCast.com. I think it's an excellent piece. He makes excellent points. And we'll have the discussion now.
Fact check. Has the U.S. offered to cede sovereignty to the World Health Organization? Even if the new proposals are implemented, the World Health Organization is not granted power over its member states and cannot force them to act in a certain way. Okay. In this tweet from News, News Nancy, quote, this is the biggest global power grab that we've seen in our lifetimes. Upcoming vote in Geneva over Biden administration's amendments to, that cede U.S. sovereignty to the World Health Organization over anything they deem a healthcare emergency. Let's break this down. High profile figures like Rick Scott, former rep Michelle Bachman, and former Trump strategist Bannon have made startling claim about a proposal the U.S. has sent to the World Health Organization. That proposal, which some Republicans call a threat to American sovereignty, outlines several line item amendments to the international health regulations that govern international emergencies. The purpose of those changes is to allow nations to better deal with situations like COVID-19 and the pandemic. While many people are saying this could result in a loss of sovereignty, Brett says, in any case, the WHO is not granted power within the territory of its member states. It cannot force states to take action or overrule their decisions to not act in a certain way, as it already could. It can still offer recommendations to those states and disclose information to other states about the potential for an international health emergency. These proposals have been characterized as handing U.S.'s sovereignty over to CCP-controlled WHO. However, it's possible that if, if implemented years ago, the world would have been notified about the potential for a COVID-19 pandemic more quickly. For instance, China would have been obligated to explain why they were quarantining certain planes and who would have been permitted to declare a potential threat. Issues like whether travel restrictions were fair to implement would have been much clearer as well. So what exactly did the amendments say and what are they trying to address and prevent? I want to pause real quick. With respect to the fact check from Brett, who is or he's, does an excellent job, mind you, he's fantastic. Uh, he's right, he is. But there are some points to be made. It's not always about the, the dotted line. It's sometimes about how this manifests in terms of soft power. If every nation in the world signs on to an agreement, sure, they can't enforce anything in the United States. What they can do, however, is have every other nation say, if you deviate, we will stop doing business with you. In which case, you may maintain your sovereignty over there in the corner without fuel or supplies because you don't manufacture anything anymore. You see, therein lies the problem. I think the solution to this, for the most part, is the U.S. needs to bring about a resurgence of U.S.-made products and fuel. They go on to mention, you know, a lot of proposed changes to the various articles. I'm not going to go through the entirety of the bill, but I'll just read, you know, the conclusion. Oh, there's no real conclusion. It just breaks down all the different articles. They say um, the striking of not and until such time might appear at first glance to substantially alter the meaning of the paragraph, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I digress. Um, I'm, in, I'm a little bit in the middle in terms of where the fact check is from Brett. It is commentary on a fact check. I think that's very important because commentary means opinion. And um, it's, it's uh, true to the line. It's, it's true to the text. But um, my issue here is I'm, I, I personally don't think this discounts the concerns of people like Steve Bannon or otherwise. Having international treaties in these regards puts pressure on a country to uh, uh, to align with these other nations. That was the goal of the International Space Station to a certain degree, that because we had these treaties, we had to negotiate properly. But look what happens. The International Space Station has, you know, China, U.S., Russia, other countries. I think I think mostly those three. Right. When the conflict erupts between Ukraine and Russia, basically the U.S. and Russia, we see that um, we're just like, OK, we're not working together on this anymore. A lot of people thought that by working together on the space station, it would prevent war. The more ties we had, the less likely war would be to break out. Instead, when war breaks out, the U.S. doesn't just do what Russia wants. Russia doesn't just do what the U.S. wants. 
They just sever ties. So it's it's possible that no matter what happens to this treaty, you can still get conflict. I don't think this guarantees anything or or guarantees a power grab, but it does. It is a grain of sand in that heap. I think if we were to make moves on things like this, you eventually would cede U.S. sovereignty. So here's my point. Does this treaty do it outright? No. Does it do it peripherally? Yes. Will it contribute to a greater loss of sovereignty? Yes. Those are the important points. The TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, Trump shut it down. Everybody was worried that this would result in global control of foreign countries disrupting the U.S., and absolutely it would. Was it overtly in there? Sort of. The issue is, if you have one treaty with the World Health Organization, you can look at it and go, ah, it's not so bad. And then when you have nine more, you're like, now our hands are cuffed. That's the issue. The issue that I see. My friends, I don't know if monkeypox is coming to get you, but I certainly hope that uh, you pay attention to the possibility. And when the government, various governments are ordering monkeypox, smallpox vaccines, Bill Gates has warned about smallpox, and now we are seeing monkeypox. Maybe somebody knows something. It doesn't mean it's a conspiracy. It could just mean that behind the scenes, they're not telling you everything and they're worried about something. That could be the case. At any rate, I hope you are all safe. I hope you're all um, active and pay attention to the news, paying attention to the news, sharing videos like this. We're not going to have any shows tomorrow because we have an important business meeting. And normally I won't take off for anything, but this one actually is fairly important. Going to be talking with some uh, um, big players. I'm half kidding, but, you know, uh, having conversations about infrastructure, big tech and, and some important stuff is happening. So we got to catch a flight. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. President Biden has invoked the Defense Production Act and announced Operation Fly Formula to address baby formula shortage. President Joe Biden has invoked the act to address the nationwide shortage of baby formula. He announced on Wednesday. It's getting bad out there, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just the baby formula stuff. It's also gas prices. We have another story. This one from a couple days ago from Post Millennial. Washington gas stations run out of gas. Add extra digit in anticipation of $10 gas prices. Yo, I hope you are all paying attention. Now, Joe Biden invoking the Defense Production Act, I say, okay, I'm good, I guess. Um, we want to produce more baby formula, get it back on those shelves and make sure that people are able to get it for their babies. Otherwise, I'm telling you, man, we are in dangerous territory. We also have this other story. They tried passing this bill. And it was called like the, what was it? The Helping Babies Bill or something. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but something like that. And a bunch of Republicans voted no on it. And I think they voted no for an obvious reason. It was a bill to expand government power to supersede state requirements in terms of production if the, uh, the federal government determines there's an emergency. Now, of course, the media is saying these heartless Republicans don't want babies to eat. Yeah, no, that's not it. The bill just grants more power to the federal government. Thomas Massey had a tweet. I don't know if it was about this one, but he, but he said, if we just voted based on the names of the bill, I'd vote for them a whole lot more often. Let me explain one thing. Why I, I, I will say, good job, Joe Biden, invoking the Defense Production Act. Maybe there are things that we could have done better to make sure baby formula didn't run out. Maybe it's Joe Biden's fault in the first place. Maybe it's the Democrats, whatever. You know, if they dug, dug us a hole and fell into it, and now they're like, don't worry, I'll get us out. I'm like, correct the mistake you've made. But at least for now, I can say probably a good move. 
We see revolutions. We see civil wars when people can't get access to food. But it's not just about what people, the individual, can't get access to. It's when they can't feed their kids. Rest assured, and most of you probably know it because I assume many of you have children. What would you be willing to do to make sure your child ate? Would you just sit and watch as your child starved? No, I'd imagine you would not. And if it gets to the point where there's no formula, people will probably try, you know, warm milk or goat's milk, or they'll try and make their own formula or things like that. Now, I've heard that, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what you should feed a baby. I've heard people say you shouldn't give them cow's milk or goat's milk or anything like that. Back in the day, we had wet nurses. And there are probably a lot of women who, who overproduce in terms of uh, breast milk. They sell it or they distribute it or they donate it. But we got a lot of people and we got a lot of babies. And uh, uh, if people can't feed those babies, they are going to do whatever it takes to get food, to get formula for those kids. When people can't feed themselves, they get agitated, they get angry, they get stressed out. When people can't feed their babies, whew, we are in revolutionary territory. You know that many on the left are eager and excited for some kind of revolution. But when we are talking about people can't feed their kids, this is the precipice of complete instability. People who can't feed their kids, the people will risk their lives. People will risk prison. People will sacrifice you for their kids. I'm telling you, man, war exists for a reason. The story from TimCast.com says the shortage came amid a supply chain crisis and temporary closure of Abbott Laboratories facility in Sturgis, Michigan, where Similac products are produced. Biden announced the efforts in a tweet saying, I'm taking two steps to increase baby formula supply, invoking the Defense Production Act to increase domestic production, launching Operation Fly Formula to use federal planes to fly formula in from abroad. We're making sure safe formula gets to all who need it. I can only say... A good job. Good job. I am not going to sit here and just rag on the president for any other issues. I'm going to say thank you for taking some action right now. I'm sure the last thing a parent who is stressed about their baby wants to worry about is, was it Joe Biden's economic policies? Is it shutting down fuel? Whatever. Okay, fine. All of those things. I'm not going to say you should vote for the man. I'm not so going to say we should be supporting Democrats. I'm going to say in this instance right now, please get formula to parents. Credit for that. That's it. Now, I can go on and talk about everything else. We can talk about how bad things are starting to get and how we are entering. I'm Come on, guys. Civil war, revolutionary territory. Call it whatever you want. Instability, de destabilization of this country. Fine. The reason I would say civil war is because you have two large factions that are at each other's throats, figuratively. And when you add into the mix, if it was, if it was just gas prices and food shortages, I'd say instability and revolution. But when you have two worldviews clashing, multicultural democracy, constitutional republic. Credit to Stephen Marsh for that one, the writer of the book, The Next Civil War. I think we are dangerously close to, take a look at this from the Post Millennial a couple days ago. Washington gas stations run out of gas, add extra digit in anticipation of $10 prices. When the gas gets to 10 bucks, that doesn't mean, oh no, I won't be able to drive my car. That means there's not going to be food at the grocery store. Postmillennial says a spokesperson at 76 confirmed the Postmillennial that the gas pumps were reprogrammed to allocate for double digit pricing. Yo, this is going to get lit. Gas stations across the U.S. are running out of fuel 
And in anticipation of an increase in gas prices, gas stations in the state of Washington are reportedly reprogramming pumps to include double digit numbers in price per gallon, as the current trend could put prices over $10. I'm not doing a promo, but I just want to mention, okay, we do, I do the promos for safeandreadymeals.com periodically. I'm not pulling it up. It's, it's weird because I mention it, but I'm, I'm just highlighting the people who have prepared for this. Good on you. The people who bought uh, baby formula in advance. Smart. I talked about this a year ago. And so I will say as much as I can give Biden credit for some of these things, because we just want people to get food. I you know, just get it done. How is it that a year after dude on Internet says, hey, look, there's going to be food shortages coming. They're now like, oh, about that. I saw a really funny meme. Jen Psaki, uh, before she left, she was like, no one could have predicted this uh, inflation. And this guy was like, yo, the guy who drains the porta potties at my work predicted this. We've all predicted it. So I suppose as long as you're someone who's been paying attention, you've taken preparation. You've picked up emergency food, water. You've prepared for whatever this means. At the 76 gas station in Auburn, Washington, located at 1725 Auburn Way North, gas pumps have been reprogrammed to make room for double-digit pricing. In March, they still had single-digit programming. Look at this. There's a zero in front of the five. It's 0509. Yo, we're going to get $10 a gallon gas. This is going to be brutal. The economy is going to implode. It's done. I don't care if you're rich or poor or whatever. You are going to feel the sting. Now, fortunately, those of us who have electric cars don't have to worry too much about it. I made the joke. I love this. Going on, uh, <clears throat> we, we like to hear, um, we like to hear these uh, environmental activists, or, or I should say the leftists say things like, if you can't tip, you shouldn't go out to eat. And men should have, should have thought about contraception before getting the woman pregnant, stuff like that. And I'm like, I posted on a Facebook comment, about uh, gas prices. I said, if you can't afford an electric car, then you can't afford to drive. And all of these like poor working class leftists are just like, I can't afford an electric car. And I said, then you can't afford to drive. I was like, you don't get to destroy the planet with carbon emissions, pumping out gas and supporting Exxon and oil spills, and then say, oh, but I'm allowed. And then they were like, electric cars are too expensive. I said, a Tesla only costs $60,000. You get the joke. I know they can't afford that, but it's just mind numbing to me that you have people who make 30 or so thousand dollars a year being like, we need to shut down gas pumps and end oil leases and then gas skyrockets. I'm like, it's not fair. Why is gas so expensive? And then I'm just like, dude, you don't get to argue for shutting down Keystone, for shutting down oil leases, for shutting down uh, uh, oil leases in the Gulf, saying it's better for the environment. And then when you can't drive anywhere and your food skyrockets in cost and there's no baby formula, be like, why is this happening? I went off yesterday on the members only segment of Timcast IRL. I feel bad. I should. I, I was swearing. I was very condescending. It was rude. And I apologized. And I was like, you know, I, I got triggered on this war question because, you know, we were talking with a group, a uh, big crew. We had Libby. We had Alad Eliyahu. And uh, Alad's great. I just, I, just, I just got so triggered on the war stuff. We were talking about war. But what really frustrates me, what really grinds my gears, are the people who are so sure, just they know what should be done to solve our problems when they literally have no idea what they're talking about. 
I don't take strong moral positions on a lot of issues because I don't know enough. You know, so I, I often say like, man, the abortion question is so tough. I just don't have the answers. I really, really don't. And so I try to refrain from being involved in the direct conflict because I don't want to contribute to destruction or, or problems for people. I mean, I have my opinions on certain things, but they're very tepid half the time, like very moderate because I'm like, I don't have all the information. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. So when I hear people talk about, here's what we must do. And then I say, okay, that's interesting. How do you think that would, uh, when they say things like, we got to shut down these oil pipelines. And I'm like, okay, how do you think that would, that would affect gas prices? What do you mean? How do you think shutting down gas price, the gas pipelines, the oil pipelines, how do you think that'll affect inflation, food, gas? It won't. It'll just stop the spills. And I'm like, dude, they ship oil on tankers and through freight. There are still oil spills. There's more. The pipe, shutting down the pipeline isn't changing any of that. It's just making it more expensive and making it more expensive for you. But the, the petroleum companies have record profits. Yeah, that's true. But you're talking about record profits that if you were to break down and distribute across all of the gas pumps to lower the cost, it would be lowering it by a few cents. Probably a good thing, I guess. But then, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and defend gas companies with record profits. But how much are we really going to save if you distribute like $5 billion across, you know, hundreds of thousands of gas pumps? Are we going to see the price go down by like two cents? I suppose it's better than nothing. So I, I'm not I'm not interested in seeing these big gas companies get billions of dollars, but you're not really answering the question of how we alleviate these problems because that's not going to change much. People don't have answers. When they say things like, you know, we should uh, move over to electric cars. If everyone got an electric car, I'm like, how are you going to generate the electricity for those electric cars? Oh, you mean it's natural gas that we use to spin those turbines to then generate the electricity for our Teslas? It's, it's just insane, man. Greta Thunberg is like, how dare you? I don't want to see the stopping of fossil fuels in 2030 or by 2022. We want it now. She actually said that a couple of years ago. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Do you know what would happen to the planet if we shut down fossil fuels just right now? Um, I think within, you know, a, a week, 60 million dead. I'm not exaggerating. First, all the diabetics die. Because they need refrigeration for insulin. Then you're going to see food, food prices just through the roof. Yeah, I think, I think we as humans are addicted to fossil fuels because we've been built into the system. We've created humans and life and civilization with this access. But there are alternatives. It's called nuclear power. And I believe nuclear power has a, has a higher energy return on energy invested uh, than oil with no carbon emissions. You just make it, you sit it there and boom, there you go. Energy coming out for days. It's brilliant, actually. And then we've got to develop technologies and advance this. Plus, I would say let's heavily invest in fusion research. Where we got, I, I believe we've hit ignition with fusion. We've got to the point where we can create, you know, fusion is created. Now we're trying to figure out how to, how to uh, uh, tap that energy source. Right now, we, we need more energy in than we're getting out. That's not functional. We can't do that. Once we get to the point where we get more energy out than in, 
then you're getting energy generation, which is a good thing. The real issue is like, I think it's simple, like we, fusion has created a vibration and now we need to extract the energy from the vibration or something and then we're good. I'm not, a, I'm not an energy expert. You guys can probably comment and explain better. But let me, just, let me just go back to that thought. When you have people who are sitting there and they're like, I think we should do this policy. And you're like, what will that policy do? And they're like, I don't know. It will make less carbon. It's like, okay. And then when you can't eat, what? I don't understand why it is that conservatives tend to be the ones who have asked these questions, even deep moral and philosophical questions. So uh, for instance, it was, I believe, Jeremy Boring who said, outside of the human experience, nothing matters. And he's completely correct. It's a philosophical question. People don't understand that because they don't seem to realize they live in a human experience. What that means is, if all the humans are dead, um, will any of this matter? No, because you won't be around to question or exist. Sure, there may be more trees, maybe not. We don't know. The point is, everything we want and desire is rooted in the human experience. And we mostly care about how it affects other humans. Now, some people are concerned about animals, but there will be no concern for animals if there are no humans. You get the point. It's still all rooted in a human perspective and human experience. I believe that um, we must be good stewards of this earth. I believe we, we, we better start cleaning things up. I believe we better start fixing a lot of these problems. You betcha. But I also agree with the conservative uh, uh, view on the human experience. This idea that we're going to be like, the dolphin experience matters to us. No, it doesn't. But we certainly, in my opinion, should not be polluting and destroying the earth and, and, and causing extinction events. We need, uh, for one, to be good stewards of the earth, but mostly because it sustains us. Because humans don't exist without the ecosystem, the environment, and you know the cycles of life. But I feel like many on the left are just, they don't know what they're voting for. They don't care. And they're going to burn the whole thing down. I suppose the only thing you can really say is like, Knowing what they do and how they do it, knowing that they lack information and basic understanding of more complex co uh, concepts, and at the very least are willing to follow people who are evil, lying, or otherwise, um, start preparing to, uh, to protect yourself. Do what you have to do to make sure that you will survive the uh, potential catastrophes that come our way. I had a great conversation with a progressive on Monday. I keep referencing it this past week because he didn't understand philosophical or hypothetical. He didn't know there's a difference. He said, you keep bringing up these philosophical conversations. I don't believe in hypotheticals. And I'm like, that's, that's two different things. But they don't understand this. I'm, I'm sure not everybody does. And I'm sure there's a serious challenge. And maybe if I just produced uh, um, third grade reading level content, I might have a much bigger audience. You know, we, we were talking about deontology versus utilitarianism. And I'm not going to pretend to be a, a philosophical a, a philosopher or a master or anything. No, I've just read uh, the basic content, concepts to explain simple ideas. Deontology being the idea that immoral acts cannot be taken, even if it's against one person for any reason. And utilitarian is the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. That is to say, maximizing good justifies the um, doing harm to others. Like the trolley problem. I can, I can pull a lever that will kill a person if it saves five. Most people take the deontological approach, which is I will not take an action to kill that one person, even if it means five people die because you killed that person. But if someone doesn't understand moral and ethical philosophy, how do we survive this? When they're like, we should have the government give everyone free money. And you're like, it doesn't work that way. That is not how the machine runs. And they're like, I don't care. And then they pour sand into the gas tank. And you're like, no. And then the car just breaks.
It's like, why did you put sand in the gas tank? I don't know. It's like somebody sees someone pouring a clear uh, liquid into the gas tank and they're like, that must be water. And then you're like, no, it's not water. It's gasoline. And they're like, mm, I think it's water. And you're like, no, it's gasoline. And they're like, I vote we pour water in the gas tank and then we can drive. And then they pour water in and the car breaks down. And you're like, why, do they, why are these people doing this? Why won't they listen? Why are they so arrogant? Why the hubris? You know what I would do? You want to know what I would do? If I saw someone pouring a liquid into the car, I'd say, what are you pouring in the car? And they'd say, it's gasoline. I would say, whatever you say, boss. Far be it from me to assert I know something I have no experience in. Don't get me wrong. I probably do that on many occasions. Duh. I just try not to. I'm willing to defer. I'm willing to say things like, you know what? I don't know enough about guns. And so when I went and got educated on guns, I was like, wow, my position's changed. I am now staunchly pro 2A. As the, the moment I went out and started asking questions, I said, hey, all those arguments from the left don't make sense. I bring you now to the, oh man, this is it. Here are the nine Republicans who voted against a bill to help poor families buy baby formula amid the ongoing shortage. Lie, lie. They're lying. That's not what the bill did. The bill would not make it easier for families to buy formula. The bill allowed the federal government to come in. Look at this. The Congress.gov doesn't even have the tax, but I pulled it up from GovTrack. The bill gives the Secretary of Agriculture the ability to supersede state qual uh, qualified administrative requirements uh, if there's an emergency. That will not give anybody baby formula right now. It's so dumb. H.R. 7791. Okay. They go on to say, many Republicans crossed party lines to vote for H.R. 7791, the Access to Baby Formula Act. It's like, we've proposed a bill that will expand the government's powers to supersede the state's requirements for the production of goods. And then you're like, how will that get baby formula to kids? It won't. And then the media is like, these Republicans don't want babies to eat. Thomas Massey, big fan. He said, if we just voted based on the names of bills, I'd vote for almost all of them. Here, here, good sir. Someone pointed out, bill to condemn anti-Semitism has passed 420-1. Massey was the lone no vote. Yeah, well, I trust Thomas Massey. There was a, um, during the pandemic, I actually criticized him. I absolutely did. Because uh, uh, I, I, I believe the issue was, he was voting against the, the um, emergency funding bill in the face of the pandemic. And now, on hindsight, I realized how wrong I was. Massey was right. For one, we should not have shut everything down. Boy, in hindsight, were we all wrong. But we thought, I thought, in good faith, it would be 15 days. You see the problem? You see the problem with people asserting things when they don't know? I can fully recognize that. I try. I'm not perfect, okay? So, you know, I will, I will say to a certain degree, I believe it's fair for me to criticize, though, those who would push for things when they don't fully understand them. But I suppose it's basically everybody. It's just frustrating when there's a huge gap. I understand that everybody knows everything. I understand maybe even Thomas Massey is wrong and I get things wrong. What I'm, that's not what I mean to say. What I mean to say is when someone's like, I have no idea what a gas pipeline is. And I'm like, then why did you vote to shut it down? It's more fair if someone says, I understand how gas pipelines work. I understand the economic principles. Here's my thought process. And then someone else can come in and say, here's the information you're missing. And they go, ah, in good faith, with, with good faith research, I tried to make a decision. When you see these stories, I suppose it's a, it's, it's a degree to which you are lacking knowledge. I suppose what I should really say is, I respect your efforts so long as you took, you, you, you completed your due diligence to understand. Like you tried to understand. I always try to understand. 
Sometimes I get things wrong. There are many people who don't try to understand who just say, do it. The Business Insider saying nine Republicans voted against a bill to help poor families buy baby formula. Just shut up. That is not what the bill says. They didn't do any of their due diligence to understand what they're talking about. That's the issue I take with this all day, every day. The bill, quite simply, it says, notwithstanding any other provision or law during an emergency, the secretary may modify or waive any qualified administrative requirement for for one or more state agencies if the qualified administrative state requirement cannot be met by state agencies during any portion of the emergency period, blah, blah, blah. Okay, maybe it's not a bad bill. I don't know. I'm just saying the, the issue is not we must get food to babies. The issue is the federal government should be able to supersede state requirements. Okay, maybe maybe that's a good bill. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not issuing a moral statement on it. I'm just saying the, the media is lying because they don't Google search these things. They don't give you an honest analysis. The, the way they framed it, this should be an op-ed. But you know what? I'm not the smartest person in the room. I'm not the smartest person ever. I get things wrong. I'm just recognizing too many people assert things without knowing anything or at least trying. I do it. I get things wrong again. But my point is, try your best. Admit when you're wrong. I'll do it. I try my best to understand these things. When people present me with information, I'll admit I was wrong. Seamus, shout out to Freedom Tunes, because he told me like a month ago that abortion was the intentional killing of the baby. And I said, no, 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 that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about instances where the term- the pregnancy has to be terminated. And he said I was wrong. Upon looking at actual federal law and state law, yes, it is. Maybe his, his, his definition was a bit more on the extreme end, but he's more right than I was. And that is to say, I realized that by looking up the definition, how the CDC tracks abortion, it is action taken to terminate a pregnancy that does not result in a live birth. It's like, oh, okay. And that could mean in some instances that I was right. But for the most part, if you are talking about terminating a pregnancy post viability, you are typically saying you take action that ends the life of the baby. And I went, oh, so I would say I would put it this way. There are some instances where I probably would have been right. um, But for the most part, when we're talking about the bills in question, they're actually talking about action taken to end the life of the baby. So I'll admit, you know. I think Seamus was closer to correct on that one. And it's because there's a legal argument in what this really means. But I believe, you know, I I believe Seamus was actually uh, more correct. But anyway, I digress. Here we are with the with the uh, ramifications from these individuals who don't read. All right. I suppose things will get worse. I think things are getting better in a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong. Free speech, for instance, maybe things will turn around. Go vote in your primaries. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. We won't be doing any shows tomorrow because I have an important business meeting. I have to fly out. So tomorrow is a day off. But uh, for the rest of the day, we'll operate as normal. We'll see you all at 1 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for hanging out. Speaking to the Secretary of Energy, Josh Hawley was questioning why it is that gasoline has skyrocketed so much. The Secretary of Energy says, well, Vladimir Putin, and to which Josh Hawley snaps and says, no, these are the policies of Joe Biden. He goes on to list many of the policies, re-entered the Paris Climate Accord, canceled the Keystone Pipeline, halted leasing programs in Anwar, issued a 60-day halt on all new oil and gas leases and drilling permits on federal lands and waters, imposing new regulations. He goes on. Josh Hawley points out, that just over a year ago, gas in his state was like two bucks. Now it's like four. Experts are warning by August, gasoline will average $6 per gallon. 
Some gasoline, uh, some gas stations are already out of fuel. The Post Millennial reported, as I did in a previous segment, that some gas stations have added an extra digit to their price charts in anticipation of $10 per gallon plus. Ladies and gentlemen, we are headed towards a major catastrophe. Now, the United States may be okay because we're particularly wealthy. Okay does not mean good. Hardship is coming your way. Sri Lanka, basically out of food, basically out of fuel. So things have turned violent. People are fighting and rioting. They don't know what else to do. I don't believe that rioting is going to secure food for any of the starving people, but a starving person will do whatever it takes to eat. And yes, I hate to break it to you, but there could come a point. I'm not saying it will. I'm not saying it's probable, but I'm saying it is possible. Humans will eat other humans. Do I think we're at that point? No, 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 no. I don't know about Sri Lanka. I mean, starving people might do crazy things. I think the U.S. is very far from anything like that. I'm just saying, if it ever really got to that point of complete economic collapse and supply chain disorder to the point it could not recover, starving people will resort to crazy things. They'll be eating rats and rabbits and a whole bunch of other stuff. Now, obviously, cannibalism would be the last thing they do. But I'm just saying, dude, people who are crazy, who are desperate. Uh, let, me, uh, let, me, let me phrase it. People who are desperate and dying, they go crazy. What was that story of, was it the Donner Party? That the story of the people who like were in the, in the wilderness and then just like were running out of food so they ate each other or something like that? Yo, I don't know, man. To be real, I don't know if I'd ever resort to something like that. But perhaps we're getting ahead of ourselves. Right now we're just talking about high gas prices. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe a, a stretch too far. But looking at what's happening, looking at Sri Lankans running out of fuel and water, Sri Lanka down to last days of pet, last day of petrol two days ago. Yo, man, I certainly hope some relief can come. But I think partly um, it's possible this is it's a man-made catastrophe. There are news articles that are saying it is a man-made catastrophe, that the practices in farming and distribution and things like that are the cause. I'm saying I think greedy people, ideologically driven people, conflict and crisis People fighting. I mean, you can call it Putin's war. You can call it failed policy. It is our own doing. The Economist warns the coming food catastrophe. War is tipping a fragile world towards mass hunger. Fixing that is everyone's business. What a, what a cool little piece of art. Sheaths of wheat, but they're skulls instead of groats. Okay. All right. I'll give you that one. Except that I think there are some, <laughs> there's still some groats on it or seeds or whatever they're called. I think they're called groats, right? Anyway, I want to show you this. Watching Josh Hawley rip to shreds the Secretary of Energy for pushing these Biden administration lies about the problems we are facing. It just felt so good. This is Abigail Marone, who is Josh Hawley's press secretary for Hawley out of Missouri. And when he goes into it, he gets into it, man. Before we get started, though, we're going to do a sponsor spot whenever we talk about this stuff. Head over to safeandreadymeals.com. Pick up your emergency food supply today. Uh, delivery could take, I don't, I don't know how long del delivery is, maybe like a week or a couple weeks, but I, I, I would recommend if you're, if you're serious about this stuff, getting, getting emergency food now again, safe and ready meals.com. This is a sponsor spot buying from safe and ready meals.com does help support the work we do here, the show and all of that stuff. But in all seriousness, seriousness, this is a legit product. I only do shout outs for the stuff when there's stories like this. Let me, let me, let me show you. We're not Sri Lanka. Okay. We're not. Last day of petrol. People think that we live in this future utopia and everything's going to be fine. It can happen here. Just, just, just know that. 
SafeAndReadyMeals.com provides a four-week emergency supplies, three-week emergency supplies. They, they last up to 25 years. They're in sealed buckets. They're in sealed packages. You put it in your closet. You forget about it. I often say, look, you got a first aid kit. Many people don't even remember where they put it. How often do you really use it? But you have emergency medical supplies, right? Why wouldn't you have emergency food or water? Considering what's happening now with the Biden administration, what's happening now with inflation, gas prices, shortages, fuel going upwards of $10 a gallon, I think it's a good time to make sure you've got just some emergency supplies. Look, you buy the stuff one time, you put it in your closet, you forget about it. Four weeks is not a long time. Buying a four-week supply, you're not a prepper. Sorry, the preppers got way more and they're laughing right now. But sometimes it rains. Sometimes roads get shut down. We've had many people reach out and say, hey, Tim, thanks for shouting this out. You know, they mentioned on Timcast IRL, they were like, we had a power outage and, this, you know, we, we couldn't get to the store. So we cracked these things open and we were good and we knew we didn't have to worry because we had, you know, between the two of us, a couple of weeks of food. And I'm like, hey, there you go, man. Just have some emergency supplies. My, my attitude is mostly this personal responsibility. First and foremost, when it hits the fan and it might, it might not. OK, it, but it looks like we're getting dangerously close. Do you want to be asking the government for help? Or do you want to sit back and be like, guys, we've got a plan for the next three months because we bought this ahead of time. Not everybody can afford it. I know. I'm just saying, do what you can. Safeandreadymeals.com. Again, it's a sponsored spot. They don't tell me what to say. They just, you know, tell me to shout it out. But uh, I genuinely believe and stand by everything I said. We've got uh, a decent amount here. I always say that. And then everyone says, Tim, don't tell people you have emergency supplies. Eh, whatever, dude. We've got emergency supplies because we take it seriously. Let me play for you this clip of Josh Hawley grilling the Secretary of Energy on the lies. Um, Secretary Grenholm, today in the state of Missouri, the average price of gasoline today, as of this morning, is $4.10. Average price of diesel is $5.18. And I'm sure you've seen the reporting this morning that now AAA is projecting that gas prices will hit a national average, average of $6 a gallon by the month of August. Six is bucks. this acceptable to you? No, it is not. And you can thank the activity of Vladimir Putin for invading Ukraine and pulling essentially oh, nonsense. those barrels. Uh, with all due respect, Madam Secretary, that's utter nonsense. In January of 2021, the average gas price in my state was $2.07. Eight months later, eight months later, long before Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, that price was up over 30%, and it has been going up consistently since. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I got to pause it. Bravo, Josh Hawley. Just interrupting, saying that is nonsense. What are you doing to reverse this administration's policies that are drawing down our own supply of energy in this country that are throttling oil and gas production in the United States of America. What are you doing about With it? With respect, sir, it is not administration policies that have affected supply and demand. How can you say that when the price of gas was up over 30 percent from January to uh, you answer my questions? Answer. And it's my time, Madam Secretary. So why don't you answer my question? From January to August, the price of gasoline was up over 30%. In my state alone, it has been a continuous, a continuous upward tick since then. And here's what your president did when he first came to office. He immediately re-entered the Paris Climate Accord. He canceled the Keystone Pipeline. He halted leasing programs in Anwar. He issued a 60-day halt 
on all new oil and gas leases and drilling permits on federal lands and waters. That's nationwide. That accounts, by the way, for 25 percent of U.S. oil production. He directed federal agencies to eliminate all supports for fossil fuels. He imposed new regulations on oil and gas and methane emissions. Those were all just in the first few days. Are you telling me that's had no effect I'm on our energy supply? Wow. Bravo. Josh Hawley said it better than I ever could. And that's why he's the politician. That's why I would not want to be involved in this stuff. But I talk about that all the time. Look, you see what happens when you run out of food and fuel. What's happening in Sri Lanka is bad. Okay, The Economist is warning of, of all of this stuff. Take a look at this. Experts warn we could see a national average of $6 a gallon by August. Your bank account will be gutted. That's why I'm sorry, man. You know, I mentioned this the other day when we were talking about war. If you go check out the Timcast IRL uh, members only show at Timcast.com, you will see me acting particularly untoward. And I apologize for cussing and insulting. It was it was it was not one of my finer moments. And, uh, you know, so I'm having a conversation with Libby, Seamus, Elad. And uh, Elad is very much going in favor of war, <clears throat> saying that we're defending democracy. I, I, I just lost it, man. I lost it. I was rude. I was insulting. But I, I got to tell you, man, this is the reason why. This is the reason why. They blame Vladimir Putin when clearly, as Josh Hawley points out, the problems we are facing are not Putin. I, I want to be fair. It's not just Putin. Putin, of course, is playing a role in this. But the, the cost of gas was going up well before this. Joe Biden's policies, his executive orders, he, his policies, they precipitated all of this. So when, when people are like, we should be involved in Ukraine at the tune of $60 billion, okay, sorry, $54 billion, with American mercenaries and volunteers on the ground, it's, it's just absolutely sickening. This idea that we should be sourcing energy for Europe instead of building out the infrastructure here on our own lands, clearing the way for energy companies to produce to, to utilize places like Alaska, which we have, and to develop nuclear energy. Instead, we get nothing. And I can't even count on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her Green New Deal, because instead of proposing X amount of dollars towards wind turbines for energy production, we get free health care for marginalized communities and getting rid of planes and farting cows. Now, those were in the FAQ, not the actual resolution. But the actual resolution was like college for marginalized communities. And when I talk to progressives, I'm like, what does that have to do with geothermal energy? What does that have to do with anything? And well, that's that's who's affected first. I am sick of the lunatics who are proposing we send billions of dollars to Ukraine, a country that is not an ally, that is not a, a NATO uh, uh, member, that is not an EU member state, all because Europe needs cheaper fuel. Ah, uh, yes, we need cheaper fuel. Great. Good for you, Europe. We got to offset that Gazprom natural gas monopoly. The costs are too high. Here in the United States, we need our own fuel. I don't understand what the logic is by us sending our labor, our tax dollars overseas to the tune of $54 billion. And you know what they say? They say by the U.S. giving out this money, it ensures that the petrodollar remains safe and that, you know, other countries will be using the dollar, which means we get more control in oil. Yo, how about this? It's called energy independence. You think I don't know about these things? I, I, I've read much. I don't know everything, 
There's probably classified information. I'm sure there's some, you know, CIA guy who's sitting back saying, if only you knew, Tim, if only you knew the truth, maybe that's the case. Okay, fair point. I can only operate off of public information. And the information that I have collected so far says we need domestic production. Not a president who's going to be like, I'm going to shut it down. Makes no sense. Not a, a progressive wing that's like, we could do wind turbines, but we want free college instead. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Green New Deal. So I, I lost it, man. I am, I, I am sick of the America last policies. I, I am not a staunch nationalist. I am not uh, uh, America one and only. No, I believe in international trade. I am not an isolationist. These are all the slurs they say because, you know, Seamus put it well. He was like, am I a shut in if I don't want to walk out of my walk out of my house, go to my neighbor's house and punch him in the face? No, of course not. You're not a shut in because of that. These people who want war, they say you're an isolationist. How about I may we have food, a baby food shortage. We have limited manufacturing because we've given it all away. We don't make our own medicines, our own vitamins. And now when the crisis hits, it's like, oh, help, help. What do we do? I can't stand it. That is the Democrats wrapped up in a nutshell. See me, I'm like emergency food. I should be responsible for myself to the best of my abilities. We do want to be responsible to our community, like meaning, you know, we'll help them when we can. But you got to secure your own oxygen mask before securing the mask of those next to you. We want to pay attention to what's going on in the world. But why are we involving ourselves in Ukraine? Ah, yes. Joe Biden, Burisma, the Cutter Turkey Pipeline, the deep state, whatever. Instead of making ourselves self-reliant and instead of preparing for this catastrophe, we, Joe Biden and Democrats gut the system and burn it all to the ground. But six, I'll tell you one thing, $6 a gallon gas in August means one thing. Republicans will sweep. Now, I don't know for sure. There's a lot of variables at play. Who knows what will happen? But I'm just I'm looking at six dollars a gallon and I am just I can't believe I mean, let's pull up AAA right here. Look at this right now. The highest gas has ever been. Four dollars and fifty nine cents per gallon as of today. New milestone. Absolutely incredible. In California, Nevada, in Oregon and Washington, Gas is over $6. Oh, I'm sorry. It's four four eighty two six dollars In some parts of California, we've already seen $7 a gallon, upwards of almost $8 a gallon. And some gas stations, they've added that little zero in front of the first number because they're like, oh, we're going to need double-digit gas prices. It's incredible, man. The nerve of these people to come out and be like, actually, actually, it's Vladimir Putin. And I'm just, I'm just sick of it. They're doing that because they're psychopathic warmongers. That's really it. Psychopathic warmongers. If the U.S. did not get involved in Ukraine, there would be no war. The Russians would have walked in and it would have been over. NATO got involved because in Europe, they, you know, I, I just love the idea. Europe's just like, we need cheap gas. America, spend your money for us. Because that's what we are. We're the world police. 
our labor, our hard work for everyone else, not for ourselves. I've been around the world. I know a decent amount. I don't know everything. I've researched this to the best of my abilities. I know I'm critical of those who don't do any research, and perhaps I get a lot, a lot wrong here. My understanding is the petrodollar makes us wealthy. It's good for us. My understanding is that our imperialism, or whatever you call it, boots on the ground in all these different countries, now in Somalia, make us strong, expand our influence, and we are competing with China. I am just not that person. Now, there, there's a good point that Elad made the last time we talked. He said he doesn't want to live in a multipolar world. He wants to live in a unipolar world, which means he doesn't like the idea that China and the U.S. compete. He likes the idea that the U.S. dominates everything. I get it. I am of the attitude that you don't get that with the barrel of a gun. I think the U.S. has sacrificed its credibility with failed interventions. And the U.S. could embolden its credibility, especially following World War II and the Cold War, by um, soft power, which we've done in a lot of ways. But then when we lose, the United States is a temper tantrum and sends in the troops. Oh, man, did you see? Uh, I don't know if I have it pulled up. Oh, I do. I do. I do. Here we go. From TimCast.com. George W. Bush draws laughs from the crowd after condemning Putin for brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. It was glorious. George W. Bush. Where's the quote? The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I, I mean, of Ukraine. Oh! Yep. The legacy of this nation. An unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. You know what? I got to play this. In contrast, Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I'm going to pause it right there. I'm not going to let him correct himself because that was truth enough. I mean, of Ukraine. Iraq. Anyway. Uh, I mean, of Ukraine. Uh, 75. Because uh, I'm 75. Yeah. What, what a slip up. Why were you talking about Iraq? Why did that come to mind? I think he knows. I think he knows. Absolutely. We have we have we have a problem in this country of neocon neolib elites who are pro-war and would take your money and give it away. And for what? I get it. They're just wrong. They think, as I mentioned, when we give Pakistan $12 million for gender studies, they will use our money. And that's good for us. But it's not. It's just stupid. You are giving away American labor for free. You are driving up inflation. And then when gas hits $6 a gallon, your $15 an hour job ain't going to cut it. And the progressives say, we need a living wage. Now we're seeing McDonald's and other restaurants offer $20 an hour. Did I say a gallon? $15 an hour. $20 an hour. And now, and then what? I hear from these progressives, the government should just print money. The government doesn't just print money. It's not exactly how it works. That's what they think. They think it's just like, turn on the printer and money comes out. Issued, uh, uh, um, money is, is issued upon the creation of debt. So it's mostly digital. But anyway, that's less relevant. The point is, these progressives think you can money printer go burr. And that just, that's it. 
They don't realize that means hyperinflation and the economy will, st- will, will stumble and collapse. And we've seen it over and over again. And when you bring up like Venezuela, the response you get is, well, the, the U.S. did that with the. Oh, yeah. And every other country with hyperinflation, the U.S., you know, the reason Weimar Germany had hyperinflation was because the U.S. went back in time. Please. When people, when, when governments lose control of their economies and think spending their way, you know, printing their way out of debt is the only solution, it's, it's gone. It is just gone. You are going to see a collapse. Bravo to Josh Hawley, man. That was, that was ab- absolutely epic, dude. Him saying, with all due respect, that is utter nonsense. The cost of gas has been going up for the, from, eight, from January of 2021 to August, well before Putin's invasion. They're using it as cover. They're using it to cover up their mistakes, and they're using it to justify our money being sent overseas for war. I'm just so tired of these people, man. I can't wait. I just can't. I just can't. I, I just I'm excited for them to just get out. So we'll see. I'm willing to bet the progressives will will carry on the legacy of the warmonger class because the squad voted in favor of this military package. Whatever, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.